Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Mel Tucker may have called the performance unacceptable, but Michigan State did defeat Western Michigan 35-13 to open up the 22 season on Friday night. And despite the rather poor summation by the Spartans head man, there were certainly plenty of positives to take from opening night at Spartan Stadium. We will get into that and more on episode 83 of MLive's Spartan Confidential Podcast. I'm Brandon Champion, joined as always by Michigan State beat reporters Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel. It is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Thank you so much for listening today, Matt, Kyle. Thanks for being here. Uh, how was opening night? No, it was fine. I think it was a pretty good crowd. The student section filled in uh, early, and uh, like Kyle and I were talking about, it was you don't usually see that upper corner of the bowl where the of the student section really had that full, but uh, good crowd, uh, lots of traffic <laughs> with the construction. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a decent opener for them. A little uh, uneven, but all in all, they got out of there with win. Yeah, I was impressed with the the way the students stuck around and, um, you know, yeah, the construction, man, you think they would have figured that out before football season. But then again, you know, here in Michigan, they say we have winter and construction. Those are the two seasons. So what are you going to do? Uh, neither of you guys were taking jabs at Mel Tucker or running late uh, like the LSU media contingent uh, does, were you? <laughs> no, Mel, no, that Mel's... was a bold reporter. I'll say that if you haven't seen the video clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mel's uh, Mel's pretty punctual uh, on his for his Monday press conferences. We we typically have to wait around a little bit uh, recently on Tuesdays for assistants and players, but uh, you know, practice is practice, and it doesn't always end at the same time. How do you think Mel Tucker would react if one of you uh, countered him with one of those? <laughs> Mel got, got a pretty quick wit. He, he <laughs> throw it back pretty quick. I think. I, I think he'd be a little wittier than Brian Kelly, who just although you know, I don't blame him for being dumbfounded by it too. I mean. <laughs> Never yeah. heard a reporter say anything earthly like that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, you, you're a reporter. You should probably show up on time. You know, the win-loss shouldn't matter uh, how you do your job. So. But, but yeah. maybe Mel Tucker is uh, sitting here saying, man, maybe uh, maybe uh, LSU not working out last year was an okay thing because <laughs> you, lose, you lose your one game and the media has already turned on you there. Man, Brian Kelly had a good thing cooking up there in South Bend, man. I wonder if he, you know, obviously it's one game, but. I don't know, man. The grass is not always greener, especially when you get down to the SEC country where football is basically on par with family and the gospel. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But he had it cooking there in South Bend. So I mean, it definitely... LSU ran out its native son like less than two years after he won the national title. So, yeah. um, I mean, I, I think Mel can at least feel a little bit more secure up here. Um, <laughs> you know, Maybe not quite um, quite the opportunity as LSU, but I don't think anybody's running him out of town anytime soon. 
He's got 95 uh, million reasons to feel pretty safe uh, here and here in East Lansing. Uh, but anyways, appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, on today's episode, we're obviously going to look back at the Western Michigan game, some takeaways, both positive and negative for the Spartans. We'll briefly look ahead to the Akron game on Saturday and answer a couple of your questions. If you could please like, rate, and review the podcast, it'd be very much appreciated. You can check out our work at MLive.com slash Spartans and hit us up on Twitter. You guys know where to find us. So let's get into it, guys. As I said, Michigan State does end up pulling away. Uh, actually, they jump out front early and then, you know, things get a little sketchy there with a down third quarter for the Spartans. And then the Spartans eventually did pull away um, late into the fourth quarter from Western Michigan, win at 35-13. Um, you know, a lot of ways we can go with this, Matt. I think you know, there are some positives to look at, but you know, what I heard most people talking about after the game is the injuries. You lose Darius Snow for the year, obviously a standout leader on the defense had moved to linebacker this year and uh, Xavier Henderson, their fifth year leader, uh, you know, what was it? 14 captainships in a row for him. So obviously a huge guy um, for the team on and off the field, he goes down. We're not sure when he's going to get back, but uh, I mean, notable. Yeah, I mean, you you got to start with with those injuries. I mean, this is a game everybody expected them to win, and they won. They kind of sneakily covered. Um, but when you lose two starters in your season opener, that's obviously a problem. Um, Henderson, or I mean, we'll start with Snow because he's the one that that Mel on Monday confirmed was out for the year. Um, just freak kind of play, you know. There was a uh, Chester Kimbrough, the, uh, the nickel was coming in to make a tackle. Kendall Brooks stopped a guy dead in his tracks and he followed through and he, he accidentally hit snow. And so it looked like a right leg injury and, and it's really unfortunate for him. He's a guy who, um, obviously worked really hard, likable kid. Um, he's got the pedigree obviously from his dad and his uncle. Um, and he brought versatility, uh, you know, started at nickel and safety last year and then linebacker this season. And he was a guy that seemed like was really a key to, to how they were going to defend, you know, he could, you know, with this skill set he had, you know, if, if a team goes big, he can play the nickel, you know, they go, they go smaller, you know, he plays linebacker that we saw. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, you know, that sucks for him. Uh, I feel bad for him. Um, and then Henderson, you know, that was Mel, Mel reverted to his, his standard injury answer when he said he's sore and he'll be ready when he's ready. Um, I, I still didn't see specifically what really happened to him, um, but he was on the sideline wearing sweats and, and a big brace on his right uh, leg and, and using crutches after the game. So um, for what it's worth, I mean, if, if you watch the the program's like extended uh, cut of highlights, when Mel was giving his post-game speech, Henderson was standing right next to him. Um, I can't remember who it was yesterday. I think it was Peyton Thorne who said that that Xavier was at practice yesterday. Uh, it would have been was that Tuesday? I think he was at practice. So, I mean, I don't know what it is. Mel wouldn't specify, he, he, you know, he's not going to do that. Um, but I mean, I guess they, they should be hopeful to get him back because, you know, obviously the guy means a lot to the teams, you know, 34 straight starts for him, um, a big part of the defense. And they don't, they don't have that depth at safety like they do at linebacker in some other positions. So like you saw on, uh, on Friday, you ended up with Kendall Brooks in there and then he gets banged up and, you know, true freshman Jada Mangum's put in there. So, uh, that's obviously a concern moving forward. Yeah, and Mangum, I mean, we saw Western Michigan go right at Mangum pretty early on once he was in the game. They did score that touchdown, actually. Not saying it was all his fault, um, but, it, you know, they did obviously go in his direction. The touchdown got called back, so it didn't end up mattering. But Western noticed that the true freshman was Oh, yeah. Field. I mean, if And other Jeff, teams are going to, too. Yeah, if you're Jeff Thorne, 
and you see number one out there and it ain't, you know, you're going right at him immediately. I mean, and Mel even talked about it on Monday, you know, we had needing guys ready. And he said, you know, your, your opponents are going to poke around. They're going to find the guys that, that they want to target. And I mean, that's the case everywhere. So it's, it's not just on him. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he didn't join the program till this summer and, and first game and, he, and he's in there playing, uh, well, key snaps. So are we looking at Mangum and Brooks then as the guys who well, gross. probably are going to gross? Well, yeah, there. but gross is yeah. no, but I mean like to replace Henderson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's and Mel said it on Monday. You know they knew going into the game that you know Brooks was up next, and after that it was Mangum. So you know that's got to be the uh, what you're looking at moving forward. It's irrelevant now, but. Do you think they would have entertained Darius Snow moving back to safety? <laughs> yeah, I mean, abs- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I mean, it depends on the matchup, obviously. But he's he would he's got more experience in game snaps and experience um, than than either of the other guys that that we were talking about. Well, I guess the good news, if you're Michigan State fans, when it comes to the injuries, is it sounds like Xavier Henderson should be back at some point this year. Obviously, really sad news uh, for Darius Snow. He's, yeah, by all accounts, I mean, I, I've never talked to him, but, you know, based on social media and just the way everyone talks about him at camp, I mean, he seems like one of the true, you know, leaders and heart and soul of the defense. So, obviously going to be a big uh, a big loss, especially for a team that has had some issues in the secondary. Um, you know, I, I know he's shifted to linebacker, but still that – involves pass coverage and you know pass defense again if you want to look at the uh, if you want to look at another negative was you know another I guess question mark coming into the season and Western Michigan was able to to move the ball somewhat through the passing game um but I don't know what it is man maybe it seems like Mel just like doesn't care about giving up yards maybe he does but like he, he like it's almost like he's this this scheme on defense is like the bend don't break. I know it's cliche, but it's like oh, give up yards, give up yards, give up yards, but then just wait for someone to make an interception or wait for the front to make a sack or wait for something to happen. You know, it's it's weird. Well, I would counter and say I, I guarantee you, Mel cares about giving up yards, and and he would prefer to get that get off the field and the you know three and out every single time. I just think there's certain things they're going to give up, and I don't you know what was it two really two big plays that Western had for the most part, you know, yeah, the I guess only 193 yards past yeah, the, the cat, the quarterback, he busted that what 60 yard run when he, you know, he came up the middle and there was nobody there. And then there was the run by, uh, was, uh, Tyler, the, the running back. Um, mm-hmm. it's really two big plays. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't think they were going to run all over them. They weren't going to line up and pound the ball. So they're going to try and throw it around. And I thought that, I thought the quarterback's held back. I thought he, you know, for his first career start going in there on the road, I thought he, I think he did a good job. There were some tight windows he threw into. I mean, at least on a couple. I noticed one on Gross. The guys, he's right on the guy's hip pocket, and he put it right where it needed to be. So, and that's going to happen, especially with Michigan State's front. I mean, they have a pretty good defensive front. That's the strength of the defense. So it would make sense that teams are going to try and throw against them. And I guess if you're, I guess, I mean, I guess I'm not talking about just this game, but last year, and you're going to face some high octane passing offenses this year. It's just a concern when you can't get off the field on third down. But the thing that this defense has been is very opportunistic. And they and they did it again uh, on uh, Friday night. Jacoby Winman comes through with four sacks, um, which hasn't happened in a long time. Kyle, I think you said you, you looked up the last time it had happened? Or... 2003, yeah. Wow. So it's been a long time since the guys had four sacks in the game. Um, and we saw him move to DN, which is not something that we, uh, I guess, knew. But we did knew they had depth at linebacker, so it makes sense to move some of these guys around. Yeah, I mean, Mel had talked about, uh, you know, they were, you know, in camp. They identified him as 
probably the best pass rusher on the team. So, you know, what do you do with that? Um, you know, he's a versatile guy. You know, he played all over the place in high school. And, you know, I, I just think they, they're just looking for the best way to use him. And he seems like, you know, a guy who's, you know, willing to do that. He said, whatever, you know, whatever it takes, whatever's best for the team. So, yeah, we saw him at end, which was a move late in fall camp. Um, Aaron Brulee also listed as a linebacker. He was lined up on the edge primarily. Also saw him split out wide covering um, near the, like the, the sideline at one point, which was interesting, but yeah, when, when snow went down, it was primarily um, Cal Halliday and Ben Van Sumeren at linebacker. They got most of the snaps. And I thought, I thought Van Sumeren looked um, pretty good, uh, better than he did a year ago. He looked, you know, a little faster and career high 11 tackles. So it worked out well. Uh, at least against Western for, for him and Halliday in the middle. And then I just, yeah, they, you, they have the depth there at this point in time where they can, they can use Winman um, and even Brulee as, as edge rushers. And Brulee is the one who had the first sack of the game. So um, yeah, we, we saw, again, I think a big takeaway obviously was, you know, that eight scholarship transfers, all eight of them contributed in the game um, in, in notable ways. Yeah. I mean, people talking all off season about, you know, Oh, Mel, it's not sustainable to bring in transfers every year, you know, and maybe it's not, but Mel Tucker, the guy has clearly shown an ability to identify weaknesses on his roster and fill in those gaps with guys that um, can be impact players right away. Because you're looking up and down the field last night or on Friday night, there's transfers making plays all over the place. Um, but then, you know, and, and including at running back and receiver, uh, well, I guess running back, we should say Jalen Berger comes out. He's the clear RB1. You know, Broussard got some run late in the game. Um, offensive line, I thought looked okay. I mean, Berger does end up going over a hundred yards, but I think he got like 50 on one carry. I mean, how, do, how would you, um, I guess sum up the performance on offense? I mean, at the end of the day, Peyton Thorne ends with four touchdowns, both your young stud receivers make plays, um, Berger goes over a hundred yards. So a lot to like, uh, yeah, but you know, inconsistent, you know, they go three and out the first two possessions. I think they gained four total yards on the first two series. And then, you know, three straight touchdown passes to, to three different guys. And so you look good and, and they, they look like they were going to score again going into halftime and, and Thorne throws across his body on the run, gets picked, um, which he called a stupid play. Uh, and then they're just, you know, they outscored 10 to nothing in the, in the third quarter. I think it was five after the three touchdowns, it was five straight possessions that were empty before uh, midway in the fourth and Berger scores on that one yard run after, after the 50 yard gain. So yeah, I mean, just it wasn't consistent. Um, you know, if you're up 21 to three and you're driving, you know, opener against a MAC team at, while you're at home, you, you expect to put them away. And then they didn't do that. And, and next thing you know, it's the fourth quarter and it's a one score game. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's reason for them to be disappointed. I, like you said, there were bright spots, but, um, you know, Peyton Thorne was disappointed in his performance and nobody was, I don't think anybody was going to call it a, a, you know, an outstanding offensive day for them. Kyle, what did you make of the decision to to go for it on that fourth down to kind of try and put the game away with Berger? I liked it. Um, I mean, I think it's showing faith and um, just getting an offensive line push against the MAC team. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked it. I think, you know, it's the type of thing that, um, uh, you know, breeds confidence. I mean, players like to see the coaches willing to call it and rely on them. So um, I, I thought it made sense um, and it was a good gamble for them. And you know, I, I think overall, like, I, I feel like I was higher on the game than, than Mel Tucker and most fans, like, because the, the things that were the problems for them uh, are the more proven things. Like, I thought Peyton Thorne with his deep ball um, was just kind of off all game, but we've seen him make those throws. Like, I, I think he'll, 
I think he'll get that back um, pretty quickly. And he's got the receivers. Um, you know, he missed what two or three early in the game. Uh, he missed Jaden Reed for what would have been a touchdown um, at one point. So um, that wasn't there, but like, I was really wondering how well they're going to be able to run the ball. Um, and I thought Jalen Berger looked pretty good. Um, I realized a lot of his yards came on one carry, but I still thought they ran the ball pretty well. Um, that Nobody out there looked quite like Kenneth Walker, the third, but I think they ran it well enough to keep teams honest. And, you know, I, I thought they defended the pass. Okay. Um, considering where they came from, I know it's Western Michigan, but, um, um, I, I thought they did okay in that aspect. Obviously it's going to be different now with, uh, the guys injured that we talked about, but I, I thought that the biggest question marks I had for them, they did okay in, and you know, the area that they struggled, I thought that they're pretty proven in it. I think they'll turn that around quickly. So, um, I realized it being close in the late in the third quarter is not what you wanted. And, and that kind of has people nervous, but Washington's not a bad team. And I, I didn't think it was a bad showing at all, honestly. Yeah, Peyton Thorne was clearly way too amped up to start the game because he was throwing fastballs from to his receivers like five yards away. He, yeah, missed a couple open guys. I do wonder in some of those D throws, like the one to Carr, actually a couple of them to, to Carr, or not Carr, uh, Col- uh, Keon Coleman, he really kind of just did throw it up. It's, you know, the old Stafford, like throw it up to Calvin uh, maneuver, which I guess takes trust in your receivers and it can work. I just wonder if that will work against big 10 corners as much as it works against Western. I guess that remains to be seen. But I, then again, like Keon Coleman, Jaden Reed, Jeremy Bernard, these guys aren't getting less athletic Daniel Barker. So I guess if you have these athletic freaks on the outside, you know, throw it up and let them do something. If it gets picked, it gets picked. It is what it is. Matt, were you surprised Jalen Berger seemed to be like the clear RB one? I mean, not if you told me going in, if you told me that was going to be the case, no. I mean, I thought maybe Broussard would have the edge based on experience just because there's more of a sample size. Berger had only played in seven games. You know, I know he's a, you know, a more highly rated recruit coming out of high school, obviously. Um, I don't know. I, no, wasn't wasn't terribly surprised. The fact that those two were were RB one and, and and two was was expected. Um, I thought we, we might see somebody else in there. Um, the only other player carrying the ball was was Daniel Barker, which was interesting. Uh, but no, I, I thought they both showed flashes. Um, again, like Kyle said, that you're not going to get Kenneth Walker production. We've talked about it a million times, um, but I think they both did enough. Um, and I like the burst to saw from from Broussard, um, you know, being the backup there. Did uh, Peyton seem relieved that the game against his dad was in the rear view? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, the whole time he downplayed it and even leading up to it was asked to be, you know, be, you know, basically looking forward to it being over. And he said, no. And I think, you know, he handled it fine. I, you know, it was just one of those weird situations and and it's now in the past and they can both move forward and, and Jeff can go back to uh, rooting for uh for uh, Michigan State as much as uh, he usually does. Anything else from the Western game that we should touch on or you guys noticed up in the in the eye in the sky? I mean, I know we covered quite a bit, but. Well, Noah Kim's your backup quarterback, which is kind of an, an, as expected. And, and Jay Johnson. You didn't waste any time. Jay Johnson <laughs> is uh, is not uh, gun shy, obviously. We saw that last year. But, you know, you bring in a guy for his first snap of the game, it's close. Or his first snap in his career, it's close. And you take a shot at the end zone. So, which is um, like, of course, he called that play. As yeah, Kim went in. Yeah, hey, it's you know, it's smart. <laughs> if you believe in the guy you got, you know, the defense is thinking, well, they're just going to hand the damn ball off uh, and wait for Thorn to come back in. But you go play action and go at your best, your best playmaker on, on offense. So smart call. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it showed. I, I liked it. it. Was it was cool? It was good. Hey. Interesting element. 
One thing we talked about, um, for one, I, I just thought that they they looked more athletic and like overall more talented across the field, like top to bottom. Um, but the tight end, uh, we talked about this going in, but like they just have a lot more options at tight end. And I think that's going to open things up for their offense. Uh, I thought they went to that early, obviously, like Daniel Barker making that um, or Daniel or DJ. We'll have to decide what we call him. But Bar- Barker making that um, that catch in the end zone. Like, like that's not stuff we've seen out of tight ends a whole lot recently around Michigan State. So that's something I'm I'm curious to see going forward, how much that changes the offense. Mm-hmm. And everyone's favorite punter turned tight end, Tyler Hunt, still getting snaps out there mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. um, which is, he must be doing it in practice, man, because that that he they consistently play him. I mean, I guess he's, like, he's more. They blocker, really, but. really like him. He's you know he worked his ass off to get to the point where he's at, and you know they they you know Jay Johnson and said he had I don't remember the exact word, but you know outstanding camp. You know he put on some some weight and you know hard worker, and yeah, you're gonna you'll continue to see him. And uh, it was either going to be um, uh, Peyton said, it was, I think it was Peyton said that those runs to the tight end were either going to go to Barker or Hunt. So um, maybe you'll see some more of that in the in the future. And Noah Kim's clearly like, just to go back to that for a sec, is like, if, if this is the only throw I'm getting in all season, <laughs> I'm putting a good arm on tape, baby. You know, like I'm putting this out there so people can see that I can throw the rock, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, hope, hope, I think he, I have a sneaky suspicion he might get some PT uh, this week, though. Man. Yeah, I would. I would uh, <laughs> as we look ahead uh, to the week, and we got a couple questions coming up here too. Uh, Michigan State plays Akron, host Akron this week. Uh, it's a thirty-four and a half point spread, so don't expect too much drama on this one. Michigan State and Akron have only played twice, and they haven't played since nineteen fourteen. Uh, Michigan State's two and zero. They last won seventy-five six in 1914. Uh, so that's, that's pretty wild. Uh, I wouldn't expect much of a game here, folks. I mean, I know Western Michigan, uh, you know, stuck around with the Spartans, but Western Michigan is a far superior team to Akron. In fact, Akron needed overtime to beat FCS St. Francis last week. Uh, players know their quarterbacks, DJ irons. He's a pretty solid dual threat quarterback. Um, but that's by max standards. Shockey Jacques Louis is a receiver who transferred from Pittsburgh and Cam Wiley is their main running back He had 21 carries for 85 yards against an FCS team last week though. So, I mean, Akron, Matt, this has been one of the worst programs in the Mac. Uh, basically as long as I can remember, even when I was in college, probably not going to be a very competitive game this weekend. No, um, I wouldn't imagine. Um, I unfortunately made a, I made a joke the other day, but I don't know if they have a sports information department. Uh, because I can't tell you when Joe Moorhead's press conferences are. They don't have any game notes. Um, so, yeah, they're they're flying under the radar for this one, to say the least. Um, they, they, this should be a game that Michigan State has in the bag by halftime. Um, there's actually, you know, worth noting with all the ties last week, there are two former Spartans on the roster, um, Jess Lord Botang, a linebacker for, for Akron, and uh, Anthony Williams, Jr., running back. So um, I just – yeah, I don't think they're going to have the talent to keep up. I think Mel, you know, coming out this week and and basically saying you know, that was pre- performance was unacceptable and, and challenging his team. I think this is, you know, even with the injuries last week, I think they're going to they're going to come out and um, put this one away early. It's a get right game before heading to Washington uh, in a couple of weeks here. What do you know about the zips, Kyle? Uh, that's a question for Matt. I don't know anything about this, yet. but I, but I agree. Like it, you know, after kind of disappointing, thing, like I'll, I'll, I'll spoil my pick for tomorrow. I've got them covering that spread. Cause I think they're going to be pretty, pretty motivated. Yeah. The only thing I know about the zips is they got rid of the kangaroo and their logo. And now they just have a dumb Z. And honestly, it just made it, it made it even worse for me. 
Like, come on. Like, you're the only team in the country rocking a kangaroo for a logo. And then you're just going to drop it like that? Like, it's nothing? Like, come on. You know, like, be unique. Be unique. That's all I got to say. Um, but, yeah, it, probably if you're looking at the game, um, you know, I'll, I'll be going. But I'm not expecting it to be very competitive. Uh, and, really, it should. they might cover that spread by halftime, honestly. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Um, but the, you don't think so? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. Well, I, I th- Anytime you start, I don't care who you're playing. Once you're getting into the 30s, I start, start getting a little hesitant. I did pick them to cover as well. But, you know, those are big numbers to, to, to put up. Um, but, yeah, I think ideally, you know, this is, you know, you're about at that spread at halftime. And then you can, um, you know, work some of these guys that you wanted to get live reps to. You can get, you know, Noah Kim out there, actually. Um, you can get his at first official pass attempt uh, because the uh, the one he threw against Western didn't count because of the flag. But um, I think you want to see you want to see what they've got in some of these younger guys and some of this depth. You know, we saw what six true freshmen play uh, on Friday. Uh, I think they're going to want to get looks at other guys because obviously, as we saw last week, it doesn't take much to have your depth tested even more. Let's get every safety on the roster some reps out there because clearly you're going to need them. Like, and just being in game action, it is unfortunate. Like, I think, you know, in our pod last week before the game, the one thing we talked about is they got to stay healthy at all line. They got to stay healthy at safety. And then they lost their their top safety and a guy who once played safety. So not ideal for Michigan state kind of leads into a question we got here. You know, coaches say the biggest improvement happens from week one to week two. Which group do you see making that biggest leap, offense or defense? It's going to be hard to tell against Akron, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think if this game goes the way it should, based on the talent level and the rosters, um, you see what looks like an improvement on both sides of the ball, at least uh, production-wise. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I think they come out and they and they score. Well, I, I don't remember, Kyle. I picked forty-five points, something like that. I, I don't recall, but um, yeah, I just think it's overall, it's like like you said, what get right game. Um, something that they can just take out and then, and then get into, you know, the biggest non-conference game of the year when you, when you go to Seattle. Yeah. You picked 45 to 10. Um, and yeah, I, I think the offense is gonna, is gonna come out um, hauling pretty good this week. I would go North of that. I think they're going to score more than 45 points. I really do. I think after maybe if they would have, you know, hummed better this week, uh, maybe, maybe, or last week against Western, maybe we would have been looking at something more like that, but I think I could see Mel leaving the guys out there a little bit longer, at least through halftime. Maybe, Uh, maybe they come out for the first series of the second half just to get through that, you know, uh, procedure. But I could see the offense putting some points on the board this week. I really do. I mean, Akron needs overtime to beat an FCS team. That's not a great sign for the Zips being able to hang around. Uh, Do you get another question here? Um, Let's see. After week one, which group are you more concerned about with O-line or safeties? And this person says they're surprised AJ Kirk didn't get on the field. Um, I don't know. I think both of those groups are still a matter of concern. I, I guess you'd lean safety just because you, you lost your top guy already. Um, you know, offensive line will remain a concern all season just because, you know, the, you only have what six who was guys playing the line there. Who, who well, was playing? Yeah. Who was right. on the line mostly? Okay. So the, the surprise was that the starters were as basically as expected. The surprise was that it was Brandon Baldwin at left tackle instead of Jarrett Horst, which he thought, well, Horst is a returning starter. He must be banged up or whatever. And maybe that is the case, but he came out um, and he replaced Baldwin for, for three series. So I don't know what it is there, but <laughs> it was Baldwin's first, uh, you know, he's a Juco transfer, former Juco transfer, but it was his first uh, snaps from Michigan state. So 
Baldwin started at left tackle, Duplain at left guard, Samek at center, Matt Carrick at right guard, and um, Spencer Brown at right tackle. And we only saw two guys in there, Horst, or two guys off the bench, Horst, obviously left tackle, and then Brian Green, the Washington State uh, grad transfer, worked at both uh, right and left guard. Um, and for whatever it's worth, when, when the quarterbacks were warming up, um, you know, they bring out just center and quarterbacks, and it was – uh, uh, sorry, Brian Green was not among the three centers they had out there. So, I mean, he's obviously got the experience there. Just kind of would show if he's not one of the three guys snapping to the three quarterbacks pregame that that guard appears to be the uh, primary focus for him, which he kind of indicated during during camp. Yeah, and again, it's going to be hard to to say you know which position is going to improve against Akron. You know that Washington game will be the first sort of big litmus test, and I know Washington. You know, Kent State hung around with them in Week One. I don't think a ton is expected from Washington. They're coming off a brutal season, and we'll get to this more, but that will be a tough environment. That's one of the loudest stadiums in the country, the way it's built up on top of it. It's going to be an intense challenge for Michigan State. So, I mean, coming into this game, I think this week against Akron, you just want to see more fluidity on offense. You want the starters to get their job done, and more importantly, just get out of there healthy. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> Mel doesn't. Mel's not going to want to be spending his Monday press conference uh, talking about somebody else's out for the season, obviously. So you take care of business. Get guy get out of there as you know as healthy as you can, like you said, and and get some young guys some some snaps. Anything else? Should we get out of here? Basketball schedule Thursday noon. Get oh, excited! Yeah. Oh yeah, we already know most of those games, though, right, Kyle? Yeah, we we know almost the whole non conference schedule. I mean, the big thing is uh, who you play in the Big Ten and when. Um, but that's that's about all we're going to get for basketball news for a while. You, you know, I, I was telling Matt usually. Usually at, at football games, I got my binoculars looking at the sideline before the game, seeing what official visitors are there. Um, and they got some like good underclassmen official visitors coming, but they wrapped up their class like in August this year. Like they're, they're probably done. Um, so it's a quiet fall at Michigan State in terms of basketball recruiting. Uh, first practice, not till September 26th. So um, a lot of football talk. Let's go. Oh, yeah, yeah, I should mention uh, Ken Talley. Um, that was news um, this afternoon. So he was a transfer from uh, Penn State who uh, committed to Michigan State this afternoon. Um, nothing official uh, from the program yet, but he was being retweeted by staff members, so you got to imagine that's the case. Um, interesting, the timing. This is a former four-star kid, but true freshman at Penn State gets there this summer and then enters the portal a couple weeks later. So uh, interesting, but another guy that they're looking what looks like just to be a you know, an edge rusher. He was listed at, depending on when you looked at it, defensive end or linebacker, but uh, edge guy probably in, in, in this, uh, in Scotty Hazelton's scheme. And they got the three star from uh, Georgia, gave a verbal commit as well. No, yeah. Yep. 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 Cornerback in the 23 class. They seemed excited about him. Those Georgia Spartan dogs. They, they love getting that Georgia. He's the first Georgia kid though, in the 23 class, isn't he? Yeah. Which is kind yep. of interesting. Um. All right. Well, that'll do it, I think, for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for listening. Again, if you could please like, rate, and review the podcast, uh, check out our work at mlive.com slash Spartans. And you know where to find us if you got questions or comments. Appreciate the questions uh, to whoever sent those in. Um, we're happy to answer them if you guys got them. So send them our way. Again, that'll do it for today's episode of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. So for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. We'll talk to you next time. And go Green.